Morning. All right, good evening, everyone. Welcome to week five of your nutrition talks. Tonight, we're going to be talking about eating for your immune system and for extra energy, both of which are really imperative this time of year always, but particularly this time of year. So I'm gonna go ahead and share my screen. And let's get going. Okay, so eating for immunity and energy. So as we know, what you eat is going to affect your immunity, your digestion, your sleep, your energy, and of course, your stress. So when we're talking about immunity, we're talking about consciously incorporating immune boosting foods into your diet to support your immune system before you get sick. Sometimes it's something we don't even think about until we're already sick and then it's like, oh my gosh, I have to go out and get all these supplements and you know, eat all these foods. Well, if we can start doing that before you get sick, you're gonna be less likely to get sick. Digestion, we have talked quite a bit about digestion um, and being aware of how specific foods and eating habits are affecting your digestion is very important. And then of course, how your digestion impacts your overall immunity. Your sleep, creating a consistent sleep routine to support your recovery. We're gonna go over that again. I know we've talked about sleep a lot. It is so important. Your energy, exercising for increased energy and boosted immunity, as well as eating for increased energy and boosted immunity. And then finally, creating a daily stress management practice to help you reduce your stress, improve your sleep, your digestion, and your immune health. Immunity. So why is immunity so important? Well, during these cooler months, not like today in LA, but typically during the cooler months, we're inside more, right? So we're, there are more germs, we're in contact with more people, you might be traveling more, particularly for the holidays. So in contact with more strangers and these heavily trafficked surfaces, you know, everyone's touching all the things. Um, it's also a particularly stressful time of year. And you may have noticed when everything is go, 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 sometimes the moment you slow down your immune system that's just been overtaxed, you can get sick right then. I don't know if you guys have ever had that, but that certainly happened to me where it's just insanely busy. And then all of a sudden I slow down for Christmas or whatever and get the flu or get sick. Um, and it's just such a bummer because it's always when you're right on going on vacation. And finally, everything's so busy. There are all these tempting foods to overindulge in. So oftentimes paying attention to our own health gets pushed to the side um, for a number of reasons. So what are some immune boosting foods? Sweet potatoes and carrots. So those orange foods, they have beta carotene. So beta carotene is an antioxidant. So this is going to help improve your immune health. It's gonna fight the damage of, on the cellular level um, to your body. So those really bright orange foods, that's great for your immune system, um, as well as spinach, broccoli, ginger, that's a really potent one, pomegranates. We all know about those antioxidants and pomegranates. Berries as well have tons of antioxidants. Fermented foods, which we've talked about, um, they have lots of 
great probiotics. They're good for your gut health. Garlic, another really potent one that's easy to throw into a bunch of your different meals. Tea, uh, white, green, or black. All of these deliver those the um, disease-fighting polyphenols and flavonoids. So any of the tea is great. Um, those All those do have caffeine in them. Chicken soup. So we've all heard chicken soup is good for the for um, if you get sick, if you get the flu or you get a cold. So there's actually something to that. There's this compound in the chicken that's actually good for like a, being a decongestant. Um, plus, you're also getting all the nutrients from the veggies that have been cooking in that broth. And that liquid can also kind of rehydrate you a bit from the soup. So how can I make this a daily practice? So you want to try to incorporate these foods into your meals on a daily basis. So we have talked about smoothies. I know Derek has a great smoothie um, recipe in terms of those Im immune boosting foods, throwing your spinach in there, maybe some ginger, maybe some frozen berries. All of that is a great way. You know you're getting those immune boosting foods in there in one fell swoop. Maybe you make a double batch like we talked about with our meal prep last week, and then you have it for a couple of days. <clears throat> uh, soups, again, I'm a huge fan of soups during the winter. That's my go-to for dinner. One, it's really easy to meal prep, right? And then you have it for like four or five days. Plus, it's a great way to get all those nutrients in. I always do some variety of a vegetable soup, whether it's right now I have a cauliflower and... Um, zucchini soup that I'm eating right now with some roasted garlic in there. It's really nice. Um, or like a big hearty veggie soup, or um, I have a great green soup recipe. Um, so great, easy way to get a lot of these ingredients in. And then you're having your serving in um, for lunch or dinner. And then of course, just cooking it as a side. You get your broccoli on the side, your sweet potatoes on the side. Um, maybe you're sauteing some spinach with some garlic, something like that. So just incorporating these throughout your meals throughout the day. So I love these immunity elixirs. This is something I try to do every day. Um, so every morning I have, I just make a tea with fresh ginger, just take some ginger root, peel it, and then chop it up into some big chunks. I put it in a mug with some lemon, which is great for detox. And then I use local honey. If any of you guys have any allergies, Local honey, uh, local wildflower honey is a great thing to add in just a little bit uh, to help combat any of those local allergies that are kind of flying, the pollinations flying, flying around. So just making that into a little tea in the morning. And then this one, so I was seeing this on social media and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to try this. So you put a whole lemon with the peel, with the seeds, the whole thing. Just, I cut it into like quarters, put the whole lemon in a blender, add a big nub of fresh ginger. You can add turmeric root if you want to. You, if you're really bold, you can add a clove of garlic. I have not done that yet. That seems a little extra for me. Um, and then again, putting some local honey in there or maple syrup if you don't wanna do local honey. And then cinnamon. So cinnamon is a really powerful antibacterial and antifungal um, spice. So it is great to kind of put in anything, but it tastes really good in this. And then blend that with water. And it is just like this, just really strong, like gives you that zing with the uh, ginger and the lemon peel. And I just take a shot of it every day. 
and I know I've done something good for my body and it's actually pretty good. You can always add a little extra of that honey if it's a little too tart for you. Uh, and then what are some supplements I can take for my immune system? So first and foremost, we have vitamin D. So this was coming up a lot um, when the coronavirus had first come out, they were seeing that a lot of people that were getting hospitalized had really low vitamin D. Um, and so it kind of became this like, oh, I should take vitamin D. Well, I always thought it was vitamin C. And so the easiest way to get vitamin D through sunshine. And a lot of people have vitamin D deficiencies because we use a lot of sunscreen. So if you're going outside, I always have sunscreen on my face, but particularly in the winter months, if I'm going on a hike or something, I'll just put sunscreen on my face, but not on like my arms, let's say, so that you can actually absorb some of that vitamin D. In terms of food, fatty fish and eggs has vitamin D, um, as well as milk and yogurt. And then there are some 100% juices that are fortified with vitamin D, um, although we don't wanna be do doing too much juice just because it's so high in sugar. Also zinc, zinc is another supplement that is great for your immune system. This can be, it's better absorbed from foods like beef and seafood, but in terms of plant-based sources, um, you can get it through wheat germ, beans, nuts, and tofu. And then we have vitamin C. So everyone kind of turns first to vitamin C for their immune system. And the reality is, is that large doses of vitamin C they can help reduce how long your cold lasts, but it doesn't necessarily protect against having a cold. But of course, it's all the vitamins are great for you. Um, and we know we can get vitamin C from a lot of our citrus fruits. And then also a lot of those same with the beta carotene, those orange fruits, they have some a lot of the vitamin C in them as well. All right, digestion. So this is gonna be a little bit of a review from week two, but it is important because there is such a deep connection between our immune system, our overall health and our gut. So what is that connection between the gut and the immune system? So the gut is the root of many health issues. Lack of your proper nutrient absorption can lead to things like IBS, leaky gut syndrome, and they can cause an imbalance in your GI tract this can cause an autoimmune disease to show up where your body starts to attack the healthy cells. It can make allergies pop up, can cause constipation, can cause inflammation such as arthritis, skin problems, food intolerances, and even depression. So processed foods and leaky gut, again, a review here. Um, so we know that leaky gut can be caused by processed foods, alcohol, soda, fried foods, all of these things really can wreak havoc on um, your gut, on the equality of your intestinal lining. So this can be directly connected to autoimmune disease, celiac disease, Crohn's, colitis, IBS. You want to make sure that that intestinal lining is tight so that the nutrients can be absorbed uh, into your bloodstream. If it's unhealthy, then you're getting those toxins in and partially digested food. And then you're more susceptible to inflammation, which can then cause, um, trigger that autoimmune disease response. So what you're eating and when you are eating it, uh, we know that probably certainly for me from personal experience, eating heavier meals, uh, red wine or red meat, uh, red meat, that can really affect your sleep and your digestion in the evening. So if you are having those things later in the day, 
having smaller portions, um, trying to leave some time between when you finish eating and when you go to sleep. Of course, greasy meals can cause acid reflux if you're having them right before bed. So making sure again um, that you're limiting your portions, um, you're trying to have some time between eating and bedtime, maybe sitting up with a little pillow if you're susceptible to acid reflux. Typically, if it's later in the evening, try to eat lighter. That's just a good rule of thumb in general. And finally, some foods for improved digestion, whole grains, so that has the good fiber in it that's great for our gut, um, as well as the dark leafy greens, lean protein like chicken and fish, the low fructose fruits. So that's berries, that's a good example of a low fructose or low sugar fruit, avocado, fermented foods again, so like kefir, yogurt, sauerkraut, tempeh, there's a bunch of fermented foods that's great for your gut to get those probiotics in. And chia seeds, chia seeds, great way to start your day with some chia pudding. Um, I like to combine it with some um, oats and make it an overnight oat and chia pudding. Good for the stomach. All right, so sleep, movement and immunity. How is sleep connected to immune support? So sleep is the only time our body is truly recovering. So when you rephrase it to yourself like that, it's you start to really understand why it's so important. And I, I know that sleep kind of gets pushed to the wayside. And certainly there are different circumstances if you have, you know, very young children or a certain kind of work schedule and you just can't get to sleep. But I also work with people who just stay up till 3 a.m. watching Netflix and then don't get sleep. So the more you can really understand how much sleep is impacting your recovery and every other aspect of your life, um, the more you're gonna start to prioritize it. You cannot actually make up for lack of sleep by binging it. This doesn't actually replenish your body. So if you're someone who during the week is only getting you know, six hours a night, but on the weekend you're getting 10, you might feel better on the weekend, but it's not actually making up for that lack of sleep during the week. So how can you create quality sleep? So you want to find a sleep routine that you can be consistent with, consistent with that, particularly the sleep and awake times. That's what your body really is going to respond best to. So going to bed at the same time every night, waking up at the same time every morning, getting a consistent wind down routine, um, and then creating a peaceful place for sleep. So wherever, you know, assuming it's your bedroom, um, Everyone is, some people thrive in chaos, some people can't stand clutter. So for me, I need to make sure everything is clean and neat and tidy and put, put away. Um, some people like a white noise machine. Some people need those blackout blinds or maybe putting a couple of plants in your room makes you feel more relaxed. Um, all of these can really contribute to positive sleep. And then of course, eating lighter meals at night. Reducing your red meat, your alcohol, and your sugar is going to help you sleep better through the night. So why is exercise so important for immune health? Exercise actually boosts your immune system, okay? So that's pretty cool. Um, it can also reduce inflammation. And it's if it's so strong, if your immune system is so strong, it's going to help to fight your free radicals if you do get sick. 
but I just love the fact that it actually boosts your immune system to exercise. That's just all the more reason to do it. And we know, I mean, it makes us feel great each time, each time we're done. <laughs> uh, it also can reduce your risk of illness and infection if you exercise regularly. And I mean, this, the uh, research is there that people that exercise regularly have a much reduced um, rate of infection and illness. So yay, keep going. How are sleep and exercise connected? So of course, if you're getting exercise during the day, it's gonna help you reduce your stress. You're gonna be expending more energy and that's just gonna tucker you out a little more. So it's gonna help you sleep at night. Plus that stress reduction, you're getting a lot off of your mind. Um, so it's gonna be easier for you to fall asleep. Okay, moving to eating for energy. Just a little basics review here. So calories, calories are a unit of energy, a measure of energy. So this means that the food we eat and more specifically the quality of our calories, the quality of our food has a direct correlation to the amount of energy that we're gonna have. So not all calories are created equal. 200 calories of chips, is going to be very different on your body than 200 calories of, let's say, sweet potato and salmon or chicken and broccoli, oatmeal. You get the idea. The um, balanced meals. The more nutrient-dense balanced meals we have, the more likely we are going to be able to maintain our energy and stabilize our blood sugar. So the stabilizing the blood sugar is a really big deal. And a lot of times we don't really make that mental correlation, but that's those, those peaks and valleys um, with your energy during the day. A lot of that has to do with your blood sugar, right? So if you're someone like many people tend to have that really big dip in energy um, later in the afternoon, kind of between lunch and dinner, making sure that you're having a balanced meal for lunch is going to help you get through that. Um, and then reaching for a snack that also is going to be balanced is going to help you so that you don't just spike yourself with some sugar or caffeine. Um, and then you end up in that same valley again before dinner. There are specific nutrients we can incorporate into our diet that will help increase and sustain our energy throughout the day. So let's talk about them. So how can we boost our energy through our diet? Okay, so complex and simple carbs. Nutrient-dense, uh, sorry, nutrient-dense complex carbohydrates, these are going to fill up those glycogen stores that are in our body. So those are those fuel reserves that our body uses when we're being active. Complex carbs offer more sustained energy than the simple carbs, which is kind of more like sugar. So this is going to keep us going throughout the day or throughout our workout. Um, you hear the, about those glycogen stores. We certainly talk about it a lot. Uh, for your workout, um, say a marathon runner, someone like that, they're going to want to what you call carbo load the night before their run. So they've got a bunch of the uh, glycogen stored up and then they can hit that marathon. Um, we don't need as much if we're not running a marathon, but certainly we do need it for that sustained energy to take us through the day. So a few examples of complex carbs to eat for energy. Again, with our sweet potatoes, they're just a powerhouse. Uh, brown rice, oatmeal and quinoa. 
You want to try to stay away from the white starches, the pasta, the white rice, the white bread, because those are going to turn to sugar when they hit your bloodstream. The carbs with fiber are a better, more efficient source of fuel. The simple carbs like fruit, those are great for a boost of energy. Um, I always suggest it right before a workout. If you're feeling really low energy, have a piece of fruit or half of a piece of fruit. Um, also in the afternoon for a snack, but try to pair it with a protein and or fat. That's what we we're talking about, having a balance, uh, a balanced snack so that you don't just get that plummet of uh, blood sugar after it's been digested. <clears throat> Vitamin B12. One of the most well-known nutrients that helps increase our energy is vitamin B12. Vitamin B12 is commonly found in meat, shellfish, seafood, dairy, and egg yolks. Uh, for vegans and vegetarians, sometimes it can be hard to get enough B12 for your diet alone, and that can often lead to lethargy or poor sleep patterns. So you can simply take a vitamin B12 supplement to increase your energy if you don't eat meat, they also have B12 shots if you are really low in it um, and you can get that, you know, weekly or biweekly or whatever your doctor prescribes to really help with your energy. Always best to try to get your uh, supplements through your food, but if you need to take an actual supplement, then that's probably one you might need if you're really low energy. Magnesium. So this is another nutrient that helps with your heart health, your energy metabolism. Um, so there are two different kinds of magnesium. We've talked about the, um, the type for your sleep before, and then you have the type that's more for your heart health. The heart health one is the citrate, I believe. Um, so you can certainly take the supplement, uh, but you can also just get it through your food. So some foods that are rich in magnesium, nuts and seeds, dark leafy greens, broccoli, oatmeal, bananas, and tofu. And then finally, exercise, of course, get moving. So isn't it ironic that one of the best ways to energize yourself when you're feeling sluggish is to be active when that's like literally the last thing you wanna do. So even if 10 or 15 minute walk is gonna start to get your blood pumping, it's gonna leave you feeling more alert, more productive than if you just stayed sedentary. And finally, our energy pitfalls. Nothing really earth shattering here. Um, caffeine. So oftentimes we're eager to reach for more caffeine to increase our energy and it's tempting, right? But it's actually this false sense of energy because it's a stimulant. So the more caffeine you overload your system with, the harder your adrenal glands have to work, which then makes you feel more exhausted. <laughs> which then makes you reach for more caffeine. So try as much as you can to not, after your morning coffee, see if you can let the caffeine go. If you really need to pick me up, we talked about this kind of early on, um, maybe week one or so, going for a green tea. So at least you're getting some immune boosting properties there. You're getting antioxidants. You're getting a lot of good stuff there. Um, or a latte. The milk protein in the latte can give you a little extra fuel to keep going as opposed to just like an espresso or a cup of coffee. Sugar, like caffeine, sugar's a stimulant. So it gives us this fast, short-lived buzz and then it drops us lower than we were before we ate it. So if you're looking for a little energy before a late workout or something to keep you awake uh, you know, during the afternoon, 
go for a piece of fruit. I know it's not quite as exciting as a chocolate bar, um, but it's going to work a lot better with your body and with your goals. And finally, skipping meals. Uh, different, you know, trains of thought with this. Um, some people really are into the intermittent fasting. Uh, whatever works for your body works for your body. However, um, Sometimes for some people, skipping meals can lead to feelings of sluggishness, sluggishness, um, irritable moods, or really overeating later in the day. So eating your nutrient-dense balanced meals is going to keep your mood stabilized, your body energized, and your mind sharp all day. And one thing even to, to kind of keep in mind with that intermittent fasting, so even if you fasted and you have lunch or whatever your first meal is, whatever time that is, trying to, at that point, have more consistent meals until dinner. Um, that'll keep that blood sugar stabilized. Okay, guys, that's it. Questions, comments. I'm going to stop this share here and look at your beautiful faces. How are you doing? potatoes like regular russet potatoes that's usually why i give my breakfast meals either a sideways thumb or a thumbs down yeah you said i was being you're hard asking if they're healthy i think oh. you're being hard on yourself i think i'm more curious about your portion of those than the fact that you're using them um yes they are a starch they are also a naturally occurring starch if you're eating the skin you're also getting a lot of nutrients in the skin so i would say try to limit yourself to a half of a potato as a serving um, and give yourself a thumbs up. Can, does that work? It's reasonable. I mean, I am like a six and a half a tall gigantic person. So is one potato okay. too much for me? No, well, again, it depends what you're pairing it with because you usually do kind of like a hash, right? You do a bunch yeah. of different stuff together. So, right. So if it's, if you're doing one potato and I don't know, two eggs and some veggies, cool. But then let's not have a slice of toast too. Anything else? Questions? Just want to hang out for a minute here. I'll steal the floor for you guys don't. Yeah. Well, Kathy, were you reaching to say something? I don't know. I always like suck all the air out of the room. Um, so on mornings when I'm moving fast, I don't do a full breakfast. I'll usually do like muesli and something like that. But then that I usually give that a medium thumbs up because there's like, there's not really any vegetables or nutrients in it. So any way to doctor up oatmeal? Um, yeah. So if, um, if it doesn't have sugar in it, great. If it's just like a oatmeal oatmeal versus some of the mueslis mm -hmm. have like more of a granola-y, like they have some more sugar in them. I like, I like muesli. Okay. So again, be mindful of your portion. A lot of times those have, um, they, because they are made of nuts and some dried fruit and some of this and that, um, check your calories and your portion and your sugar. Those are the main things, but throw in fresh fruit, throw in some, um, I like to put like a, a scoop of like almond butter in my anything I eat really in the morning just gives you a little extra fat, a little extra protein, a little extra fiber. Um, so you, if you really wanted to, you could put a scoop of protein powder in there. I'm not a huge fan of that kind of thing, but if it works for you, um, if you, I don't know if you have it with milk, but you could try putting it over like Greek yogurt. That's another idea. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, you don't need to get a thumbs down just because you don't have any vegetables, but if you can put a serving of like fresh berries in there or something like that, that's just going to boost your nutrient and your fiber content. Anybody else? Anything? I mean, I'll keep going. Um, I have <laughs> like with, with the breakfast, they'll like, I'll go hours, this whole mindfulness, mindful eating and stuff. Like I get into a routine where like, ah, it's 11, 11 o'clock. If I don't eat, if I don't eat lunch now, I probably won't have a chance to, but I'll realize I'm not actually hungry for lunch. And so something about the breakfasts lately have been getting me through three quarters of the day, but then I get into this weird tweener phase. Like, should I have a lunch now if I'm not really hungry? I won't yeah. be hungry for dinner or if I have lunch now I'll be I won't be hungry for dinner until seven or eight o'clock sure sure I have a breakfast and lunch and then skip dinner or just be hungry through the day or well when do you guys usually eat dinner catch as catch can yeah I mean everyone's different I'm someone like I eat late I haven't had dinner yet um so I don't eat dinner till 7 30 or 8 o'clock that's just kind of typical for me um so I often will have lunch at two o'clock um but that works for me um so I think you I don't think it's terrible to I would say have a lighter lunch and an earlier dinner is probably your best bet but again if you're not hungry the 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 danger and we've we've talked about how it's like you're not hungry and then you talk about food and then you get hungry um you just don't want to like over binge because you're like oh my god it's been eight hours since I ate and now I'm eating 800 calories at once because oh I was so hungry and I didn't eat anything and it's eight o'clock at night and I'm going to bed in an hour and I won't digest and all these other issues um typically your body does like a schedule I would see if you can at least have a breakfast and a dinner uh set time that works for you within you know within an hour because our schedules fluctuate from day to day um, and then let that lunch kind of float a little bit and see how you feel, you know, don't force yourself to eat. If you're really not hungry, maybe you have a little something with like some protein and, you know, some fruit, something like light. Um, but you don't want to just be like ravenous for dinner. That's like, that's the biggest thing. I can keep going, but we're out of time. Trust me, I could just shoot this out for like an hour on this. Here, send me, send me an email. Yeah, maybe. Perfect. All right, you guys, anything else? I had a quick question for you. Um, yeah. I've heard varying things on the um, multiplying of like nut products. So like, especially if you're trying to cut out dairy and you have like almond milk and then you use like almond flour, and then you're doing almond butter and like, so it gets really nut heavy. Is that bad, like dangerous or? It's not it dangerous. You do have to be aware of it. And, and, um, you know, ask yourself why you're cutting out all the things. If you're gluten-free and so you have to do almond, like it, just look at the back of an almond flour, uh, nutrition package versus a regular flour. Um, it just has a lot more calories, right? It's almonds ground up. So it's not bad calories, it's fat and fiber, but it is more caloric. So if you're trying to create a calorie deficit, you probably don't want to overload yourself on nut products. Um, almond milk doesn't tend to be, it's, you could find like unsweetened that's really low calorie, but I think what wherever you're reading that is probably um, because it, 
nuts do have a lot of calories. They just do. There's 200 calories in a serving. Um, and I don't know, like, I mean, I can just eat almond butter or peanut butter from the jar. So it's just about, again, being mindful of your portions. There are a ton of health benefits, particularly if it's raw, uh, raw nuts, raw nut butter. Um, so just being mindful of that. But if you are using it as a replacement, sure, you might have one to two servings a day versus zero to one a day. Um, but just, you know, check, check your portions, check your calories. And um, if you find that you're replacing a lot of things, then maybe try to switch it up. So you're using different kinds of nuts um, because you can get different nutrients from different kinds of nuts and some are certainly healthier than others. Okay. All right, you guys, we are at 8.04. I'm always happy to take more questions. So please do email me um, if I take a day or two to get back. I'm, I'm still there. I'm just, you know, making my way <laughs> through everything. So thank you so much for joining me tonight. And I will see you guys next week for our final nutrition talk. Thanks, Allison. Thank You're you. You're welcome. <laughs>